This is The Zero Hour. A podcast about life's critical moments. This is your co-host, Mark Fiertz. And I'm Christine Chapman. We're excited. You think? Just a little bit? Just a little bit. Well, it's our first podcast ever. And we didn't really imagine that we would be doing this right away. Until we had, like, you know, mutual vision and trust and creative stuff to uh, explore, right? Would you say? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, wow, we're doing this. We were trying to capture the magic of narratives, especially when people are in critical moments of their lives, mm. right? And walked off to look for America. Michael, would you say you're the, um, the anomaly of your friends and where you grew up and how you grew up? Meaning, do they all get MBAs? Or and do they all come to America at some point and thrive and build? Or are you like the one percenter? I would say I would say I would that I'm anomaly in that you know I've come over here and I've done this. Um, but you know I, I've got some friends back at home in Belfast and Northern Ireland. They you know they, they all do very well for themselves. Yeah. Um, you know they're they're all smart people in their own way. You know some of them some of them went to college, some of them didn't. Some of the people that didn't go to college are making more, more are making the most money. Sure. You know, and, and that's that's just the way it is. You know, it's like. You go through life and you come up with opportunities. I'm a big believer in never throwing an opportunity away. You know, just don't, don't, uh, don't, don't throw it away without thinking about it. You know, you might not like it. You know, live with it for a little bit and um, you know, then make a decision. and I have been friends for a number of years now, and I met her through her amazing retreat house in Vermont. Good comments, right? Good comments. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, for those who don't know who this spe very special guest is, uh, maybe you've seen her on Broadway, like in New York. Uh, she very was, possible. Yeah, she was uh, a dancer, a choreographer, right? Uh, literally on Broadway, at the Winter Garden Theater on 53rd Street. Um, nice detail, Mark. Thank you, because I used to work right across the street. Um, Tesha was also, or is, an author. Jesus, really, yes. Chef extraordinaire. Chef extraordinaire. Um, real estate owner. Entrepreneur. Uh, and... Her latest and one of her most prevalent and, and interesting moves is a uh, politician, the uh, Vermont state rep. Yes, folks. So we are talking to the Honorable oh, Tesha I'm, I'm sorry. Bus. The Honorable Tesha Bus uh, at your service. We are your, not your constituent, but maybe one day. Um, welcome to the program. 
thank you so much for having me. That's an amazing introduction. I especially like the honorable part. Basically, we met Ooh. at like one of our sh- first jobs. When the internet opened up for business, Tommy and I were employees one and two. Wow. Yes. So you basically discovered the internet. Well. We invented it, didn't we? Like we you did invent it. it. We did invent it. So, yeah. um, All right, folks. The inventors of the internet right here with us today. Excellent. Um, so Actually, I think what we did is we, we invented banner ads, didn't we? we we're we're the, the annoying people that put ads in front of you and bother you. You know, an interesting point about that, Tommy, I think I sold the first ad on the internet. Did to, you? On the yeah, whole internet? On the whole internet. I was, I, I, <laughs> dude, www. forward slash forward slash. <laughs> For me, it was more of a natural ability that I had for both things. Uh, but yes, to your point, Christine, absolutely, you had to work. I had to work hard at yeah. both. Yeah. Uh, to get better as an actor, um, it's more. It takes more introspective uh, self analysis, I think, as an actor for me anyway. Yeah. Talking to my acting coach, uh, breaking, just learning the process. I think one thing I learned when I started, if I'm jumping ahead now, four years ago when I made the commitment in my. My zero hour came. Yes. We get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was really when I watched myself on film from the first cut I got from a student film, I said to myself and my coach, I said, I'm blinking. What the <laughs> shit? I'm blinking. Wait. So then I found, you know, I learned that that's one of the things you have to try not to do as an actor. I'm counting your blinks right so now, I, by the way. Yeah, well, there's, no, well, there's, a, there's an iPhone on the shelf. <laughs> That I, oh, the iPhone did We have a international guest, right? Uh, his name is Paul Andrew. Paul, say hello. Hello. Thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, you didn't quite hear the Sean Connery accent there just yet, uh, but you will. So... Mr. Paul Andrew is a friend of the Zero Hour, uh, has known uh, our host, Christine, for a decade? No, no. No. Five years? A couple of years, right? With our kids growing up, yeah. Yeah. Um, Paul's got an interesting occupation. He's got a great Zero Hour story that I'm thinking about now and I'm laughing at because if that Zero Hour happened to me, it never would have been a Zero Hour. And I'll explain why uh, or what we mean about that. Is, so, that, is that a Jersey accent? Is that, is, is that from New Jersey? Uh, it's from North Jersey, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, um, I got a, uh, my mom was a secretary in a school, that's what they called them back then. Um, and um, they, a, a message or a letter had been sent to the school by someone, I totally forget who, and I don't even copy the letter, saying, if you're child or son is mainly is I think just boys it was addressed if your son back then um is interested in um playing soccer in the United States you know I've got some contacts and it wasn't directed to any particular person just like send this out around the school you know and so my mom saw the letter because she was a secretary she got the mail 
and she snagged a letter. And I'm sure she maybe made a copy or something. I don't know. She never actually told me, but I hope she did. Um, and, and shared it more <laughs> widely. But she snagged a copy for me, at least, and brought it home. And um, and I was kind of really intrigued by this idea. And the idea that she, again, you know, at the time, you don't think of these things. I was probably 17 at the time. Maybe, late, maybe 16 turning 17. You don't really think of in that moment, but you know the the idea that she had that this was a this could be a real path for me, and something I might find interesting, um, was such a kind of consequential thing for her to think of in that moment right, about. Right. Here's, I'm going to bring this to my 16, 17 year old son who might go to a different continent mm. um, as a result of what I'm about to do here. But um, and so such credit for that. I, I just I you know I think yeah. about that a lot and um, and so I did. I wrote. Again, mail <laughs> these letters off to the guy. You know, the guy. I wrote to the guy. He sent some brochures. I sent some, you know, my applications. Uh, applications or, or yep. I think it was a letter at that point. Um, I had no concept of the application process in right. the U.S. I mean, I'm a first generation college student. I had no idea what it was like to apply here. I had yep. applied in the U.K. to Glasgow and Edinburgh and Aberdeen and those universities, and I was going to go there. I'd been accepted to those places. Um, but I sent this off, and I got a call back from this guy called Sean Griffin from Plymouth State, and he um, he was the um, the brand new head coach of the men's soccer team at Plymouth State. And Christine Chapman, your host. Welcome. Hostess with the mostest. In the (laughs) studio, we have Mr. Michael Peschler. Say hello, Mike. Hello, everybody. That's right. Pesh, as he is affectionately referred to by me and others. Does anyone else call you? Does everyone call you Pesh? I mean, that's been my nickname, my dad's nickname growing up in New Jersey, moving up to here, going to college. I never told anybody, but it was they always just, Pesh. They just said Pesh. You just made it easy, I guess. You know, dude, and you just made it easy for me. Guess what, y'all? Jersey in the house! In the house. What you gonna do? Go AWOL! <laughs> Yeah, what is that? Better know. Route, route 4 to 17? Yes, Ish? exactly. Yes. Stomping grounds, you know. There you go. As they fist bump each other, I will tell you. There should be video in here. I know. This, at, is, a, at some point. this is a good oh, yeah. one. Yes. Yeah. Hey, yeah. And, and Christine's done. All the women end up loving that crap like that. Yeah. And, and I loved Whitney Wednesday. And Whitney, that was the deadlift oh, day. Fuck yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, Damn. Right. Like, and, you'd walk in, and Mike would have the Whitney Houston. I'd be fucking singing at the top of my lungs. And wait, we'd yep. like have Whitney people. Houston playing? Yes. Whitney Wednesdays yep. as we do deadlift. Yep. Wait, was you know? that just for you? No, 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 no. It was a thing. Like, yeah. whether you were a high school athlete or yep. one of his early morning clients, like, every day. How you come day. up with Whitney Wednesdays? How, how can you not? Yeah, Whitney I mean, Wednesdays, uh, it's perfect. I got to give my, my credit to my buddy Jeremy once he came in singing, I want to dance with somebody. And, and, you know, it was only a few different songs. Like, I want to dance with somebody. Uh, how will I know? Um, oh, my God. I mean, uh, 
like a higher love, and yes, you know, it was like three or four songs, so and then usually at the end I put on Gloria Estefan to finish it off with. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So and then that was it. And then we moved on to the other stuff, but. Um, People loved it, you know? Yeah. What, what would you say to people who think they need to be in shape in order to join? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Can you talk about some of your highlight clients who maybe you yeah. know, would be poster children for that? Like, you have an unbelievable... Um, quote unquote veteran member who's been yeah. seeing you for years who like literally is in better shape than her daughter yeah right yeah um, which one are you talking about I got five like that uh, which one the older lady I don't know are you talking about disco 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 yeah so disco dawn that's uh, my one of my best friends from high school's mom and she actually had um, at her husband's weight came up to me and I was like, Mike, I need like a month or two, but I want to start working out. And, you know. She lifts weights like yeah. crazy. She's super strong. She, I mean, her, like her whole, like, I, my Instagram, there's her before and after somewhere. Maybe I'll repost it again so yes. people can see. But she didn't lose a pound, but she lost so many inches. Mm. So many inches through, like, strength training. And one of the things she said when she, like, she told me after, and, and she walked into the building, and she's like, to herself, she goes, how am I going to get my heart rate up in this place? There's no, like, ellipticals or treadmills or anything like that. Hey, I'll show you how to get your heart rate. Yeah. Don't, don't you worry. <laughs> and then she uh, she learned quick. And one of the other things she also told me, was, anytime I went to a gym, I would just be looking at the clock. Like me in high school classrooms, yeah. looking at the clock. When yeah. is this over? Like, yeah. I don't enjoy it. And now, like, she's actually moved down to Florida. She retired and moved to Florida. Did she really? Yeah, and she's she still virtually. She's still working with me online. That's awesome. And um, Disco Dawn, yeah. she was amazing. She was an inspiration. Yeah, what's up now? So I can barely believe that we still like each other and we still want to do this month after month and record and tell stories. What do you think? This is fun, huh? You're a good person. <laughs> You're a good person. <laughs> you teach me things about myself. You help me see things when I can't see them. And uh, that is something I appreciate about you. I think I think the same is true. I think it's a pretty reciprocal reality on that level. So on the ride over here today, we yes. were listening to some 80s. You want music. to talk about the 80s, don't you? I fucking you? love the 80s. The I love the 80s. Greatest generation, decade. Do you have a favorite 80s song? Oh, well, I have a favorite 80s like karaoke song. Talk to me. Talk to me, Goose. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so in the 80s... I was a big Duran Duran <laughs> fan. <laughs> the group was so good they had to name it twice. Yes. I used to think I was John Taylor. Really? I had to. I had a thing for Simon Lebon, must woman. say. I had a thing for John Taylor, for JT, my boy. <laughs> My first concert was Duran Duran. Really? Yes. 
Wow. MSG, Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Uh, fucking 80-something. Right. Uh, Eurasia Open. I still remember really? what I was wearing, but the story doesn't even... Let me start with the story. I cut school with who? My best mate, David Schoen. David Schoen. Shout out for Dave, whose birthday is this month on the 27th, I believe. June 27th. Uh, birthday shout out. DMS in the house. In the house. So uh, Dave and I decided, with our parents' permission, because we're good little boys from where? Strong Island. Strong Island. Uh, to take the take the Long Island Railroad into Manhattan and wait online. This was back in the day when you waited online at the ticket booth wow. at MSG. Dating myself, yes. So. So dating yourself, you're so fucking old. <laughs> uh, we get our tickets. We, we literally go to the ticket booth, we get our tickets, we turn around, and there is ready a truancy <laughs> officer there. I was waiting for that. I'm like, what is this, Little Rascals? Yes. Like, Did tr- he take you by the scruff of your neck and drag you back to Strong officers. Island? He was a plainclothes cop slash truancy officer who did not, ident- <sighs> he identified himself as a truancy officer, David the attorney that he is now, you always <laughs> knew he was going to be attorney. First question he asked, he goes, I need to see some identification. Really? So the guy's like, okay, that's like, you're right. So sure, he badges him. He's like, now get your ass in the van. Let's get ready to rumble! Yeah! The Zero Hour. Guess who this is? That's right. It's your co-host, Mark Fiertz. And this is Christine Chapman, your host. With the most. Christine, who do we got today? I am thrilled today because I have known our guest since she was in high school and today we have Eloise McIntosh in the house. Say hello, Eloise. Hello. In the house. Nice to have you. Well, very nice to be here. I'm super excited. I am calling in from Toronto, a beautiful day in Toronto. Our neighbors to the north. Thank you, Eloise. And Eloise, you are both Canadian and American, correct? Correct. Which I've side do you like? Both worlds. Which side do you like most? The Canadian side or the American side? Depends on the day and depends on the context. I love, I love how honest that is and how like wonderfully although, refreshing. Although I would say I, I've lived in Canada since I was born. I mean, I've never lived in the U.S., so I would say I feel like my identity probably resonates more as a Canadian. But um, the American side of me definitely creeps in there. So does that mean when you are, air quotes, backpacking, you have a Canadian flag on your backpack not to be pegged as an American? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Foreign foreign travel is strictly on a Canadian passport. That makes a lot of sense. That does make a lot of sense. (laughs) And even I travel with a Canadian flag on a backpack. (laughs) And you are nothing close to Canadian. Correct. <laughs> All right. Welcome to 
the Zero Hour. Guess who this is? This is your co-host, Mark Fiertz. And this is Christine Chapman, your host. With the most. Uh, today, folks, we have a friend of the Zero Hour. His name is Mr. Dan Swift. Dan, say hello. Welcome, Dan. Thank you so much for having me. Good to be here. Oh, wow. I hear, uh, I hear something. I hear something. Dan, where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I am English uh, originally, but I have lived in the U.S. now since 2006. Um, but yeah, I was born and raised in the north of England, and uh, my accent's a little screwy because I, after I graduated university, I went to live in Australia for a couple of years. I do wow. hear that. I thought yeah. you were Australian. You hear that? Yeah, I yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, lived there for a couple of years, and I was only 20 Gosh, I was 22, 23 when I was there, so it obviously had a, a big impact on, uh, on my voice and then um, on my accent. And then I moved back to the UK and moved to the big smoke to move to London. So I had to posh my accent up a little bit then to um, work in financial services um, software selling. And then, yeah, like I said, I moved to the US in 2006. But my zero hour, let's, let's, let's jump in. My zero hour might be a little unusual different to perhaps um, some of the folks who have been on the calls be, uh, before. Mine was when I was 12. And you might be thinking, well, how does that affect um, you business from a business perspective or from a professional or just who you are as a human being? So uh, if I could, I'll, I'll jump in and share a little bit. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so um, I had um, a really nice childhood um, up until the age of 12. Um, my dad decided, and, 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 and I was very mad at him for this for a long time, but after years of counseling and after being married for 13, 14 years, um, actually, I understand. He decided to leave, right? Mm. Yeah. And people leave um, families all the time. It's unfortunate. It's, um, it's, the, it's what happens in life. Um, but I had to grow up very quickly at the age of 12. And um, that... 12-month period prior, mm. I read the Bible front to back when I was 12 years old. Really? Right in my time. So that's kind of, that's a little unusual. You're obviously looking for something um, as a 12-year-old, right? Um, and, um, yeah, so... Did so you, did dad, you, re- sorry, did you, yeah, did you read like the King James version of the Bible or was it a child's version of the Bible, like at it age was, 12? It was, the, it was the King James uh, version of the Bible. It was a, a, a tiny little print, and my grandfather had given it to me. Um, wow. And I still got it. There's a little um, a little note in it to me, um, which is a whole dear to my office uh, where I am now. And um, yeah, I read it front to back. didn't understand a lot of it, obviously. But <laughs> by the way, if you haven't read it, it's some great stories, you know. Um, and um, yeah, but it, it gave me whatever reason as a 12 year old some comfort and I think it was because my um, my grandfather had passed away um, either the year before the year before it was around that time yeah. um, so all, all of these kind of things for whatever reason gave me that comfort but um, so yeah my dad left um, we were living in this big you know house at the time um, in a an okay neighborhood and we had to leave two or three years afterwards to go and live in a very small house in a not so nice neighborhood. Um, And that obviously impacted me significantly now in terms of one of my drivers in life is um, making sure that financially my family is secure 
So those days when you wake up in the morning and like, the last thing you really want to do is work, I flip the switch and it's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go work. I'm going to work damn hard. Yeah. You know, so, um, um, yeah, it was, it was a, a very interesting time. Hey, hey, Dan, if I, if I could comment on, on, on what you said about your dad, because I, that resonates with me, right? And it pro- probably resonates with a lot of young men that it's unfortunate and it's not okay that parents leave, right? That And parents are moms and dads, right? And it definitely shapes who we become, right? Mm-hmm. Certainly has for me, and that's on another show. Um, but the I remember the arguments, right? And I remember how that made me feel mm-hmm. and how that affects us as young men, and then as dads, right? Mm -hmm. It affects us as dads, I think, in a very positive way, or at least it has for me, and it has for you too, Dan, that our kids don't deserve that kind of heartbreak, right? And they deserve kind of love and support and and emotion. Um, Mm -hmm. So based upon, you know, what I've seen and heard about you and the relationship with your family, you've, you've taken the right steps and, and it's, yeah. and it's not, it's not easy every day. Right. No. But you've, you've got to break cycles at some point. Right. Um, and yes. that's what I've been dedicated to doing. It's Mark Fitz, joined by Christine Chapman, your host. Oh, yeah. Today, we got two very special gentlemen. Please say hello, Kieran Her and Mitch Marku. Try not to talk over each other. Here, everybody. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you for doing exactly that. I appreciate that. So when I <laughs> here's a funny story I, I may have said it to you when I first ran into you and I didn't even like converse with you it was at the Worcester Rice Center and I was with my kid I was with L and L's like Dad that's Bobby Butler I'm like okay who's Bobby Butler <laughs> <laughs> she's like she, she was playing in the NHL I'm like that guy I'm bigger than that guy <laughs> so like I thought you had to be a brute. Like, dude, you're. I thought the same thing. No, really. Is it is it finesse? Is it like? Uh, When I was in college and I got to go down below after Bruins uh, Toronto game, I saw the guys coming out in their suits and I was like, all right, okay, these guys aren't that big. They look a lot bigger on the ice with their equipment on and all that stuff. But when I saw that and I think I was a junior senior in college and I was like, all right, maybe there's a chance. This is the Zero Hour Podcast. Guess who this is? It's your co-host. It's Mark Pierce. And this is Christine Chapman, your host. I am absolutely giddy, and I don't use that word a lot, 
giddy about our next guest. And we are thrilled to have ready Kevin O'Connor. Say hello, sir. Hey. Are you laughing? I, I never <laughs> known you as giddy. Giddy. I'm excitable. Yeah, you don't use that word a lot. I haven't heard that word in a long time. I'm an old man, Kev. I'm an old man. So we used to, we used to wear giddy. You're a young man when I knew you. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> Touche, sir. Um... For those, uh, listen, typically when we do these zero hours, we, we kind of bait the crowd a little bit on who we're talking to. And, you know, maybe we bait them a little bit on this. Um, I'm, I'm going to throw a couple of uh, descriptive words that Kevin may or may not, and I think he probably will not agree with because he is as humble as a day is long, which, what's, which is what makes him such an amazing kind of mentor in person. Um, I'm going to go as far to say, and Kevin, you can chime in immediately thereafter with, with a first word reaction, be it a cuss word or something else, leader of an industry or starter of an industry. A pioneer, perhaps? Kev, what do you say to that? Uh, I'd say one of, the, one of the leaders, sure. Well, I mean, look, yeah. you, oh. uh, the point of your... The point of your, po- your podcast is sort of, uh, is my understanding, is like, what are those sort of pivotal moments in life? Yes. And it kind of ties in, I like my whole theory in life is optionality. Yes. Uh, you don't know how things are going to turn out. I, I think it's a big big mistake that people make sort of long-term plans because shit happens. I mean, things change. Absolutely. New technologies emerge. So I got this theory on optionality. And, um, you know, my big long-term plan was to go get a PhD. That was my, that was one of those weird kids that, you know, tried to invent stuff in the basement, and I was going to go get a PhD in electrical engineering and go work for Bell Labs. And the day I got into uh, the PhD program, after bugging the hell out of the the, uh, <laughs> uh, the dean to let me in, uh, three hours later I told him I wasn't coming. So it was to go start a company. My buddy had called me that I interned with down in Texas at Texas Instruments, and he said, uh, let's do a company tying PCs into the mainframe. And I said, all right, let's do it. Kevin, are you saying like life experience is just as valuable as an MBA? Well, sure, it can be. I mean, do solving. I mean, look, I look at life as, you know, you, you look for problems. And as you go through life and you get more experience, you look for bigger and bigger problems yep. uh, to solve. And, and, and you, you figure out how to solve that, those problems and you figure out, you know, what, skills you need to, to figure it out. Uh, MBA is good, you know, sort of good training and exposure, but you know, electrical engineering was all about sort of, sort of solving complex problems. As I always say, like, if you can do a discrete Fourier transform, you can pretty much do anything in business. What the that, hell was that? that? What, yeah. what, 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 what? A discrete what transform? <laughs> a discrete Fourier. A discrete Fourier. Yeah. Are you, Super are you complicated sp- math. Are you speaking Vulcan? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> that is the... Uh, the God of engineering. Excellent. Thank you. And I got to Fenway Park in August 29th, 1978, 45 years ago. Oh, my God. And um, I ran into Fenway to finish the, the run. And that's when I finally, finally realized at the age of 24 that I had become the athlete that I always wanted to be. For the Red Sox and the Jimmy Fund, Dave. Yes. Amazing. Wow. So instead of 
playing in Fenway. I was running in Fenway. Yeah.